Welcome to the Spirited Advocate Podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Wonger. Hi, Spirited Podcast listeners and viewers. Thank you for being with us today. Now look, uh, we are living in uh, the month of February, which is synonymous for Black History Month. And, uh, you know, it goes without saying that uh, the African-American community uh, for years has played a mighty role in building our country, uh, in making our country what it is today, uh, but not without challenges as well. And we are excited to have two great guests. Uh, we've got Victor Yarbrough and his brother, Chris Yarbrough, uh, with Bro Brothers uh, Distillery out of uh, outside of Louis, inside Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, this is the first black owned distillery in uh, the, the state of Kentucky. And it's really exciting in terms of what they're doing and the, the ground that they're breaking. And uh, the word on the street is they're making sweet and great, great bourbon whiskey. So we're excited, Victor and Chris, thank you for being with us and we can't wait wait to hear your story. So tell us a little bit about uh, how you got started and you got one other brother, which is awesome. Bryson, His name's yeah. Bryson. Yeah, Bryce, right? And uh, he's he's probably uh, out working at the moment. And thank you both for spending time with me. Tell us about how you got here and the story. And uh, uh, we're just excited to hear and learn more about uh, the great work that you're doing. Sure, sure. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you for you know the introduction. Uh, so yeah, we are the we are the uh, Kentucky's first African American owned distillery um, in the state's history. Uh, Bryson actually is at the distillery uh, making some upgrades. So we're constantly upgrading just due to the basis of constantly refining uh, refinement that we we have going on. So that's that's he couldn't make it today. Um, but I definitely want to thank you guys for having us on the podcast. So I know you spent some time in in London and really started the import-export business. How did the idea come about to create this great distillery? Yeah, so Chris, thank you for the question. So we actually, you know, when we started the import-export company in 2012 and 13, uh, and what we wanted to do at the time, you know, there were products that we couldn't access, or I couldn't access in the UK, uh, one of them being uh, Moonshine. Uh, bourbon was growing, uh, but still wasn't to the level it was at the time. Uh, and also I enjoy English cider. So I, I thought, of, you know, thought it'd be a great idea to kind of create a uh, opportunity, economic opportunity to bring uh, some, some products from the UK into the US being English cider and, uh, you know, bourbon, moonshine and craft beer into the UK. And that's how, how we got started. And once we were able to create our distribution channels uh, in, in, in Europe and throughout the US, uh, we then leverage that knowledge to then begin our own brand, which is Bro Brothers Bourbon. And we want to continue to vertically, vertically integrate, which was to actually eventually manufacture our own brand, which is Bro Brothers Distillery. So that's how it came about uh, in, in a nutshell. Uh, so now we're at the stage uh, 2021, where we have Bro Brothers Bourbon and Distillery uh, and Bryson, uh, Bryson Yarbrough, who's not on the call or on the podcast. He's our master distiller. So, uh, and he's at the actual distillery right now doing a few upgrades. And Chris, how did you get involved? How did you get involved with the business? I guess for some time, your big brother, Victor's the big brother, Bryson's the middle brother. Uh, you're, you're the little brother, right? Uh, just like I am in my own family. 
How did you get involved in the business? I guess all these ideas started to percolate with Victor maybe over in London at the time. Uh, how did you get involved in the business? Yes, Chris, I am the little brother. So Victor being my older brother. The, the, the younger brother. And also. <laughs> he's 6'5 <he's, laughs> yeah. as well. Uh-oh, uh-oh, there you go. And as well as us having the same birthday, he always um, had a, a, a love that I know that um, I'm gonna say was unmistakable. So he definitely wants the best. He's definitely a very uh, calculated person. So actually what you're seeing through Victor really is just a manifestation through, um, I'll say a couple of generations from our ancestors. Uh, our father, he was, he had a restaurant and he had a school um, as well. My aunt, she had one of the first African-American owned bookstores in the state of Kentucky. Our grandmother, she was a trade tradesmith, tradesman. So uh, really it's just a manifestation that you're seeing through Victor is actually um, what's happening. So. Me being a little brother, uh, I'd love to be there just to be able to help or um, the process in any way that I can. Just I'm here. I have all my um, love. I have all the energy. My ears are wide open to just uh, hear what my brother has. And I'm all for it, just basically. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so Chris came in uh, right when we kind of got this, this page of the business started. Uh, so we know we needed a lot of manpower. Um, so around 2017-18, um, we needed that extra manpower in. And, uh, you know, he's very great with interacting with people and uh, communicating with people of all types. So we felt, you know, using his sales skill and sales pitches that he'd be great for the marketing role. Absolutely. So look, opening up a distillery in itself, I mean, that comes with a lot of different challenges you know, from getting the DSP and getting the license and getting the, the capital investment and all of the above. Uh, tell us a little bit about those challenges and some of the things that you've had to overcome. And I think y'all really opened uh, around January of last year, if I got that right. So two and a half months before the freaking pandemic came and hit us. Yeah, so we, um... So it, it, it has been, it was a challenge. It, it's still a, you know still challenging times, the pandemic, et cetera. So, uh, but you know the key thing is making sure we do everything right and at the first time. So we decided to start small to make sure that hey we can show that hey you know we know what we're doing. We figure it out before we spend loads of hundreds of millions of dollars to to do a big you know larger distillery. So uh, we pretty much came in self funded, and and we wanted to be able to you know, I guess, perfect the process. Um, so going through DSP, so we had experience already with getting DSPs because we were import-export. So mm -hmm. that came pretty, that part was easy because we already basically done it. Uh, the hard part was actually getting the clearances from the city uh, city level where we had to get the actual, um, the rezoning done. Uh, we had to get the approval from the neighborhood because we're, where we're embedded, we're in a, um, heavily African-American neighborhood. So uh, to some effect, you have a lot of negative effects from alcohol within that particular area. So, so, so rightly so, the neighborhood was concerned about initially having another liquor store in the community, but we had to you know, help continue to educate the process. Hey, no, we're actually putting a distillery here. We're just gonna be manufacturing so it can bring jobs uh, at the long term. So once they understood that, they, they got on board. So that, that was the key challenge. So for the rezoning and the neighborhood approval, basically it was like 18 years to 18 months. Um, and that was the really difficult part. 
And from there, you, do, you then have the construction. Uh, you have the different inspectors you have to come in and COVID hit. Uh, so we were scheduled to open late uh, in January, February last year, uh, but we had a couple inspectors, inspections come in. Um, and we had the last inspection was a fire inspection. And he said, hey, the fire marshal said, hey, we want more fire protection for this side of the building. And um, so that delayed us and then COVID hit. Uh, and then I think one of our general contractors had caught COVID like around March, April. So that was, so that is another delay. So we finally uh, got all the far things cleared. We had to get the building re-inspected because once you do more changes to it, you have to get the electrical inspector out, the, the uh, plumbing inspector out, the HVAC inspector out, the overall building inspector. So, and everyone's working around these COVID guidelines. So that's that, that was very complex. So, but now that's all clear and we were able to uh, formally open uh, September 30th, October 1st, when we got our, our final um, state approval. Um, so then, yeah, we, we filled our first barrel in December uh, 31st, uh, New Year's Eve. Very exciting. And I, if I remember right, the, the mayor of Louisville, Mayor Fisher, coined the term bourbonism. So uh, hopefully, I'm sorry about some of the bureaucratic challenges that y'all had in the beginning, but it sounds like what you're doing in the neighborhood where y'all are out is uh, picture perfect in terms of economic development and contributing back to that community and ultimately helping that community as well. And look, uh, one sidebar plug, uh, I had the privilege of leading responsibility.org, which is an industry foundation mm -hmm. focused on uh, responsible consumption, promoting that education and combating underage drinking and in, in drunk driving and impaired driving and so forth. So. Everybody in the industry has a role in showcasing, you know, the importance of social responsibility, right. highlighting the best of what this industry offers, the best of what Bro Distillery and Bro Bourbon offers, which is, which is uh, brilliant, uh, and it's a work in progress. So thank you for uh, your leadership in that regard. Uh, Louisville, uh, just over the last nine months, I know uh, because I watched it closely has gone through a lot of trials and tribulations with the uh, horrific uh, incident with uh, Breonna Taylor and so forth and the events over the summer. Could you talk a little bit about that? Just on a personal level, uh, you know, and on top of that, just navigating through all the uncertainty in the city at the time as well, because I'd have to think that was probably a scary time, one with great emotion and sadness uh, because, the last time I was in Louisville, which was for Discus's annual conference in February mm -hmm. of 2020, I mean, the city was alive and thriving and there was just a lot of positive energy, but obviously, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of issues that the city has had to work through and those are issues that have probably resonated in the city for a long time. Uh, so just tell us about that if you wouldn't mind. Chris, you want to touch on that on a, on a surface level, maybe it, it, there is, as you said, it's a historical element to that. Um, and that it, it's, it's a lot, I don't know if we can quite cover in the lot. podcast, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I think from, from a yes. surface level, Chris can probably speak on some of that. All right, Chris, over to you. So actually I was, I was in Phoenix, Arizona at the time there. And um, I'll say most, of the coverage that was shown in the news. Um, when I got to Louisville, I'll say it was um, in the summertime, 
but what that did for me was it it kind of gave me more drive and more of a push to uh, show myself as I'll say someone to look up to for the community and just to make sure that I'm carrying myself the correct way for people to look up to and just um, offer our uh, platform to be a positive encouragement for others and just a positive uh, uplifting for others, despite of the times of what's going on. And for us, it was a time for uh, people to be able to recognize that what Bro Brothers uh, had going on at the same time. So it was a bittersweet, I'll say, um, more times, but it was definitely a time for us to be able to use the community and um, just show them that there's a positive side, there's a positive light, and we just gotta stick together. And if you execute and just carry yourself in certain ways, then we'll be good as a community. That is awesome. That is awesome. And thank you for everything that you're doing in the community for the industry as well. Uh, uh, it is, it, it's a, it's a story that everybody in this industry needs to watch and kind of support y'all. Uh, I was just thinking about it, you know, in preparation for, uh, for the podcast, y'all are in the West end, right? The West end, the West end of Louisville. And yes. that's the home of, uh, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali and, I remember watching a movie about Muhammad Ali when he was going through his experiences, uh, coming back dealing with racism and all that BS, excuse my language. Uh, but I think he threw his gold medal uh, in, in Ohio in River. River right there. <laughs> I think, I don't know if that was just a movie thing or whatever, but- No, no, that was real. It was factual. Yeah, factual. I mean, I, I think part of that, that legacy that we hope to build on is that we, we, we really are about the community, about the culture. Um, this is not a, um, you know, ultimately some things you can't put a price on. Um, and that's, you know, integrity and, and what you're actually building to work for. So um, for us, we, we've, we've seen the very positive um, elements of the West in Louisville. Uh, it's really, you know, and, and, and fortunately, sometimes, you know, when you, the media has a, um, they, they go for ratings. So sometimes you don't always see the, the, the positive elements of things. So what we want to do is be able to provide that other uh, positive alternative. And so far, the media in the city and media in the state in general have responded very, uh, uh, very well to it. So, you know, they definitely um, see us as a, as a source of inspiration. And we that's what that's what we want to do. We want to help inspire the next Muhammad Ali or the next Bro Brothers um, and we're seeing some of that right now. So, so we, we're gladly, you know, we're definitely taking that into account. So whatever we do, we understand that all, a lot of eyes are watching us and um, we, we tread, tread carefully in some, some instances. Specialized, knowledgeable, dedicated. You can expect commercial lending from Farm Credit Mid-America to be all three. We offer financial solutions for the distilled spirits industry supported by industry expertise and a dedication to building a long-term relationship with each of our customers. From loans to leases, Farm Credit Mid-America has a range of solutions designed to meet the needs of businesses like yours. For more information, call 502-450-9196. Subject to credit approval, terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. Let me ask you this, uh, the, the target market. So, and help me with this, uh, who are your target consumers for 
Bro Brothers Whiskey. So our premier product, the Bro Brothers Bourbon. That's it. I'll, I'll say our age preference um, or demographics that this product is for, we'll say it's uh, a beginner pilot, we'll say 22 to 42, but we've seen um, actually that it's expanded that I've seen the age demographic, it looks to about 22 to we'll say um, 62 is what's um, what our reports and just the statistics look like um, over social media, but we're here to just introduce um, bourbon to people who necessarily have a beginner pilot to it and just people that are not familiar with it. So it's an excellent drink if you're not familiar with bourbon at all, if you just have a beginner's pilot for bourbon. So that's who this is made for. So we're just actually after um, all walks of life, worldwide, international. So we'd love to, Bro Brothers, uh, we'd love to have it in every home in the USA, um, not even for a, no a drinking or just, you know, for memorabilia or a keepsake to put on the mantle. But, you know, this is uh, definitely, it means, it means a lot to us and we definitely want it worldwide. So that's basically our goal is to make sure Bro Brothers is a household name. And Absolutely. so here, I, I can explain the bottle to you if you would like. Oh yeah, please. That's beautiful okay. packaging. Yeah, please do. So actually what you see, the buildings, the architecture that is um, Louisville, Kentucky skyline. Yeah. Okay, and at the bottom, we have, that's a horse. So that's, you know, for the horse industry that we have here in Kentucky. Yeah. That's a, a cardinal bird. So that's next to the basketball. You have a basketball Absolutely. player there. And the main logo is us. It's, and the three brothers. And that's and Victor and Bryson. Yes. And then at the bottom, we just, um, we have some women that are um, just, you know, enjoying themselves over a cocktail. We have the boxing, you know, representing Muhammad Ali. And then of course, we have a gentleman sitting on a barrel of bourbon. Awesome, awesome. Very well done, I, I can't wait. Uh, and how's the market access been? I mean, you're still in the early days uh, or you're, you're in the market, I'm sure in Kentucky, but uh, have, you, have you been able to line up uh, a good distributor partner? Uh, are you able to take advantage of the Kentucky direct uh, to consumer shipping bill? Is that an emerging opportunity for y'all? Yeah, Absolutely. I think. Uh, yeah, I think for the most part we have. Uh, we so we have a fantastic product. So, I think part of being in the industry for a while, we kind of understand exactly what sells, what what we're looking for. Sorry, back to Chris, demographics like a twenty-two to forty-two demographic, not necessarily um, bourbon drinkers, people who just drink, because sure. uh, in particular you have a lot of people who don't drink bourbon. So what we've done is we've we've actually developed a bourbon for people. If you might like a vodka. You, you might like Bro Brothers bourbon. You know, normally yeah. light and dark drinkers don't really mix. So but we developed this to where it's a sweeter palate. It's apple and, and pear notes on it. with a little bit of hint of a nutmeg at the end of. So it's developed to be smooth drinking. So people normally don't drink bourbon. So this is actually kind of designed for people who don't drink bourbon, think, drink whiskey to, to try awesome. it out. Uh, in addition, if you do drink bourbon, you actually enjoy it as well. Um, so actually we were expecting our demographic to be uh, maybe more men than women, but actually in terms of, uh, you know, genders is literally like a 52, 52% men and 48% women. So that's pretty phenomenal for a, a dark drink, basically a bourbon whiskey. Uh, and that's another marketing segment that, you know, women are, are definitely getting into bourbon as well. Um, so in general, we do, we, we've, we've priced it around a 26, 27, 28, 
dollar price range depending on where you're located. Uh, and that's also helped in the marketplace, you know. So right now times are hard. A lot of people are strapped for cash. So we want to make something like affordable luxury for people. Uh, and in particular, we've um, we have distribution uh, with three of the top four distributors uh, in the U.S. So RDC, Johnson Brothers, and uh, Southern Glaciers. Um, and so we're in roughly ten states now. Ten to well, actually twelve states now, and we have another ten that'll open uh, in April. Awesome. Um, so the product is, is fantastic. It's moving very well. Um, we are now, uh, we have Walmart, Total Wine and Spirits, Total Wine and More, uh, Kroger's, um, Trader Joe's, and we have a few other larger uh, retailers that are reviewing the product currently. Great. If I could, now I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do this afternoon if y'all tell me if it's good to go. But with the new Kentucky direct shipping law that passed, mm -hmm and is now ready to go. If I go on the Bro Brothers uh, uh, Bourbon Whiskey website, could uh, I live in, I'm in DC, uh, which I think it's permissible. I can order a bottle online and have that sitting on my desk here within the next couple of days, right? Well, HB 415, um, technically yes, but we haven't, <laughs> I still there's still regulatory paperwork involved with that. I got we haven't it. had a chance to finish that regulatory paperwork. But that being said, you still can order online at reservebar.com and you can get it shipped to D.C. Likewise, D.C. is going to be one of those uh, area states uh, in April uh, that will have the product. Uh, Virginia is going to be able to get the product probably uh, this month. Um, North Carolina uh, will get product this month. Um, California, Texas got it last month. Um, so, I mean, you'll, you'll definitely be able to see it on your store shelves by April at the latest, but you can't order online at reservebar.com. Exciting. I'll do that. Let the, let the law settle in and get y'all get, get ready to go, but we can certainly go to reserve bar for sure. So everybody that's listening, uh, look out for bro. I got it right. Bro brothers. Bro brothers. Bourbon, yeah, bro brothers. Bourbon, bourbon. Right. Uh, that, that, that is going, that, that whiskey is going to go somewhere. I feel it. And, uh, I, I want to have it, uh, and everybody check it out. And really on behalf of the distilled spirits council and all of our members, uh, we just really want to thank you for your leadership and just, uh, please know count, uh, me and on behalf of the industry, whatever we can do to help y'all, uh, build your success. Uh, can help you uh, grow and contribute back into the West End of Louisville, which is a key component of it, and uh, really watch y'all uh, thrive and uh, come out of this pandemic uh, with great, great success. So really on behalf of Discus, Chris and Victor, a great cheers to Bro Brothers Whiskey. There it is. Thanks, there Chris. it is. <laughs> and at some point when I get to Louisville, Look forward to meeting y'all in person and uh, also meeting Bryson as well and visiting the distillery. So thank you very much for your leadership and we look forward to working with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you as well, Chris. Appreciate your time having us on. You got it, guys. Thank you very much. The Spirited Advocate podcast was brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. If you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show, or send us topic suggestions to cover, please contact us at podcast at distilledspirits.org. And please like and share these episodes. Your support is very appreciated.